Welcome to this month's special series, Exploring Heart Health, on ReachMD XM157. Biodegradable magnesium stents. Do we need them, and do they even work? Welcome to a special segment on heart health. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. My guest today is Dr. Ron Waxman, Clinical Professor of Medicine at Georgetown University, Associate Director, Division of Cardiology at Washington Hospital Center, and the Director of the Experimental Angioplasty and New Technologies at the Cardiovascular Research Institute. Dr. Waxman, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Okay, so define for me and my audience, what is a biodegradable stent? So we're all familiar with the metallic stents that they are placed in millions every year in our coronary arteries and also other arteries in the body. And the question is, why do we need the stents to begin with? I think everybody recognizes that the stents are placed to support the vessel. And usually they do it for several months and then there is complete healing. And from that on, there is no need in the stent. The vessel is being stabilized. And from that on, there could be a burden on the vessel, which means inflammation, could cause the stent thrombosis, which are so fear requires us to take medications to prevent stent thrombosis. And there are some other issues with stents that if uh, we think, for example, on pediatric application, if we have babies that require stents, they get the stents, but then they have to grow, and the stent obviously will not grow with the body. So there are many reasons and motivation to develop a stent that once it's complete the job, uh, let it disappear. We don't need it anymore similar to the same way that we having sutures after surgery that bioabsorbed. And the question was whether we can make a stent that would work like a stent, but once it's completed, the job will disappear or bioabsorbed in the body. All right, so who came up with the idea? I mean, how does someone even just think, oh, let's make it out of magnesium? Yeah, so apparently there was an investigator in Germany by the name of Professor Hoblein who would thinking that a metallic stent would be a good idea, and magnesium, as we know, is a material that can be bioabsorbed even within seconds or minutes if you expose it to sodium chloride. But you can modify the alloy, and you can control the rate of degradation that would be changed from days to months and potentially even up to a year by different modification. And that concept was actually tested in many animal models and a lot of preclinical study that was done before. And indeed, it was shown that those stents that are metallic, made out of magnesium, indeed, over time, get completely degradation or bioabsorption into the vessel wall. And if you look on the histology of those animals, Four months later, there are no signs that the stent was even there. Let's take it into human beings. I know that you were an investigator with the PROGRESS AMS trial. Can you tell me a little bit about that study? So once we established the safety and efficacy in the preclinical arena, we wanted to see if this is safe and effective also in human coronaries. There was a smaller study prior to that that this was tested in the legs, in tibial arteries, but we took it to a, what is a called a typical first-in-men study that was done a multi-center in Europe and Australia, about eight centers, and we tested that in relatively simple lesions in human coronary arteries that were undergoing 
PCI or angioplasty, and instead of putting a regular metallic stent, we gave them the magnesium stent. So you did it? Yeah, I was part of the study, even though this is not a study that was conducted in the U.S., but mm -hmm. uh, we had a U.S. site in exile in Eindhoven in which uh, I enrolled about 10 patients into the study. So you personally put in about 10 of these magnesium stents? That is correct. And what was your experience with those 10 stents? So my impression, first of all, that for the procedure itself, it was very similar to a regular metallic stent at the time of implantation. I mean, the stents are mounted on a balloon. They're a little bit thicker in diameter. The struts are a little bit thicker compared to the regular metallic stent. The main difference is the magnesium itself is not radiopaque, so you have to count on the markers on mm -hmm. the balloon. And the deployment is very similar to a regular standard stent. Then we did intravascular ultrasound. We found that the stent is very well opposed to the vessel wall. And to that point, there was not really much differences from a regular fill for a metallic stent. Okay, so then what happened six months down the road? Well, what happens down the road is that we studied those patients four months with angiogram and intravascular ultrasound. And we found, first of all, that from the safety perspective, the study was meeting all the endpoints. I mean, the stent was degraded. The pieces were not sent downstream, mm -hmm. there was no MI, no thrombosis, and no death. Everything was on the full safety profile as intended. However, what we did found that those stents probably were started to degrade faster than what we were anticipating. And we experienced what we called early recoils. So the vessel that needed the support of the stent maybe for four months or six months actually lost the integrity of the radial force of a stent that once the stent was degraded was not robust enough to support the vessel wall immediately after implantation. And as a result of that, our restenosis rate was slightly higher than what we would expect for a bare metal stent. These are the metallic stents without a drug. If you've just joined us, you're listening to a special segment on heart health. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and my guest today is Dr. Ron Waxman. He is the director of the Experimental Angioplasty and New Technologies at the Cardiovascular Research Institute, and we're talking about biodegradable magnesium stents. Dr. Waxman, you say that it worked, but it kind of caved in too early. It degraded too soon, and then they needed another procedure. Is that right? That is correct. And those are the patients who required another procedure, we treated them with a drug-eluting stent. But to our surprise, I mean, we didn't anticipate it that we would have such a high risk stenosis rate compared to what we have seen in the preclinical studies. And our explanation was that this resulted from probably faster degradation in the human coronaries compared to the peak coronaries. Did you still need to treat them with Plavix and aspirin? In the protocol, we designed that there will be a treatment for at least six months, but technically there is no need for that because the stent is gone, so there will be no stent thrombosis. And one thing which we just recently presented in the American Heart Meeting is that when we followed those patients who did not restenos, we have patients that went up to 28 months with the ultrasound and angiogram follow-up, we saw nice durability of the result at the four months. And in fact, some of those arteries tend to somewhat a little bit grow and lumen even was opened a little bit better. So it seems that those who did well, did well on the long run. And also, they didn't lose their capabilities to vasoconstrict or vasodilate in terms of provocation with acetylcholine or nitroglycerin. So the vessels almost retained their normal activity. 
and the healing was complete, and that does not require a prolonged antiplatelet therapy. So in that respect, it was very comfort that those patients who do not reach the nose do very well on the long run. There is no any adverse events or effects to the vessel wall, and obviously there are no evidence that the stent was in that vessel. The next thing that pops in my mind as you're talking is, okay, so let's take this magnesium stent and coat it with a drug. Yeah, and this is the next iteration that we are currently in development and in, again, preclinical testing. What company is most involved in these magnesium stents? Yeah, in magnesium stent, there is only one company that is involved. It's a European company by the name Biotronic, and they are leading the research on that project. So that's it. No one else is touching it. The magnesium, not at least that I know formally. I think that other people are looking into magnesium, but there are other drug-eluting stents by a degradable program, one of them of Abbott, and they are using a polymeric approach. And most recently, there was another Japanese company that has a polymeric biodegradable approach that has received a C mark for use for the legs, for SFA lesions. So the field is really getting a momentum. I think there is a lot of interest from patients and from physicians to have biodegradable stents. And the question, which is maybe not any more philosophical, do you really need a drug or not a drug? And I think if you really want to use this not as a niche product, but as the next drug-eluting stent, then you have to put a drug. This is easy to say and hard to accomplish because you have to deal with the degradation of a polymer and a right. degradation of the magnesium right. and a degradation of right. a drug. It's not so easy. So it's not so simple, but at least on the polymeric approach, not the magnesium approach, that has been shown already again in a very small human trial in a study which was called Absorb, was running by the Abbott investigators in 30 patients, and they have used Everolimus, which is an analog of Sirolimus, which we all know on the cipher stand, which is approved in the U.S., and what they did, they loaded the Everolimus on a PLA, which is the polymer that was used for that stand, and they achieved results which were comparable to a drug-eluting stand, and again, with bioabsorption of the polymeric. The differences between this approach to the magnesium is that the polymer, the PLLA, it takes much longer time to have complete degradation, maybe up to two years. So during that time, the patient still requires to take the Plavix and the aspirin. And for the magnesium, the degradation is maybe too fast, so... Somewhere in between, we have to design or engineer that the ideal degradation time would be tailored to whoever is using, whether it's a magnesium or polymeric approach for a complete biodegradation of the stent. My last question, Dr. Waxman. It appears that we're at an early stage in the development of these bioabsorbable stents. Do you think that we're really at the threshold of a new era, or are we at the end of an era and we're just trying to salvage the stents we have? Yeah, I think that the drug-eluting stents are the way to go for right now. I mean, I think they still have pretty good duration of four or five years that we would try to improve them. There is a lot of room for improvement. We're talking about eliminating components that could be not so friendly to the vessel wall, such as polymers, and also to use maybe more friendly drugs or friendly doses. But we are looking on the next step, and if you have a visionary, you'd like to see whether you can have a technology that would not leave you an implant that potentially on the long run would cause you some troubles or would require you to take long-term antiplatelet therapy. 
And I think that's where the excitement about the whole biodegradable stand technology. Now, are we ready with that? Probably not. We are in the beginning of an era to look for substitutes or better substitutes for the current drug looting stands that potentially would perform in a way similar from the efficacy perspective. I think we almost reached to the bottom with 3%, 4% recurrence rate over one year. But I think those biodegradation or biodegradable stands will address the safety concerns. And if they would work as good on the efficacy side without the toll on the safety side, I think that could turn to be a big chunk of the market in five years from today. Dr. Ron Waxman, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to a special segment on heart health on the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. And thanks for listening. You've been listening to our special series, Exploring Heart Health. Join us all month for more here on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals.